You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Hour number two. And some sad news to pass along. Toby Keith passing away after a battle with stomach cancer. I know uh, our man GVP is a big country guy. Love Toby Keith. Big country guy. So sad news uh, yeah. from the country music world. I'm like 10 night. days a year, I'll dive in head first. Didn't get to Stampede? this. Yeah, damn straight. Uh, didn't get to this past year. Maybe I'll uh, dive in a little Toby Keith today for the walk with the popper. Okay. I'm going to come in wearing the old, I almost swore again. We're in the cowboy boots. Yeah. Does it does it something to do with kicking? That's the one. Okay. I feel like Dan Quinn. You got to <laughs> give me one swear word to show because I swear a lot in real life. Yep. I just like to do hard S with good people. That's it. A little country music. Um, We got lots to do coming up. Eric Francis going to join us at the bottom of the hour from Boston, ahead of the Flames and Bruins tonight in a game you'll hear live right here. On Sportsnet 960, the fan ESPN NHL senior writer Greg Wyshynski will join us at the top of the next hour. Um, do you have the Bruce Willis? Yeah, yeah, I do. You've never heard this. So I've how never... long ago was this? This oh, was this long has to time be like ago. 06, maybe? Yeah. 07, Raptors, Nets, playoffs? Yeah, I believe I was Jason interning. Jason Kidd was still a net. I think it was 07, so I think yeah. I was interning at the uh, Fan 590 okay. when this happened in Toronto. Okay, yeah, he's uh, James Spolsky courtside interviewing Bruce Willis. The new diehard is about two months away from coming out, yep. and uh, here's Bruce Willis. Here it is. Bruce, we're two months away from the release of your latest uh, diehard installment. Unbelievable. I just saw it last week. Better than the first movie. I personally think better than the first movie. Well, then yippee Kaye. Thanks, Bruce. Kaye. Wait for it. Oh, you didn't get it? Oh, we apologize for no, the, the, the clip Chuck ends. Swirsky doing the, we oh, apologize oh, for the <laughs> onions, baby onions. I do love a good uh, impromptu apology by a broadcaster <laughs> who's been taken aback by hearing a curse word in his headphones. Oh, I might never oh, put this headset oh, on again. We- <laughs> That was different. That was a bad one. That was different. That was a bad one. That wasn't just a standard curse no. word. And a drive to deep <laughs> love. <laughs> yeah, the uh, well, TB. Yeah, um, it's good. Uh, that was a good little that. clip. Uh, it was super awkward, and uh, that was played for uh, many, 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 many times over as Bruce Willis uh, surprised a lot of people <laughs> dropping the MF. Drunk? Yeah, no, he was fine. He was fine. It's all right. Castellanos to lead things off. Jim Day's going to be taking us the rest of the way through this game. <laughs> As Holland takes over on the mound. Uh. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. Tonight what? is the night. Oh, Keep God. saying that. I have a sinking feeling that I know what this is, and I'm going to be not happy with it. But What do you mean? We'll see what happens. I have an idea where you might be going just with how your wording has been consistent. Right. And I'm, I'm just, I wonder if this is going to be right up your alley, and it's going to be... Maybe not appropriate okay. for 7 a.m., first of all, First of all, everything's up my alley. Uh-huh. Second of all, okay. Um, how many times do you run into Flames fans and they want to talk about the team? Or you're in a dressing room and guys are like, oh, Flames got to rebuild, got to retool. It's been the same crap in this city for 30-plus years. 
Tonight is the night that you've been waiting for for a long time. Tonight's game one of the rebuild, because that's what it is. There's no Elias Lindholm anymore. You just traded away your number one center. Chris Tanev is not long for the Calgary Flames. He eventually will get traded here. We don't know what the situation with Noah Hannafin is. We'll ask the franchise coming up in about 18 minutes about the Noah Hannafin contract situation. But all of these guys potentially could be gone within the next month. And you trade 25. And if you trade Jacob Markstrom too. (laughs) This is what you've been asking for. And tonight is night one of this. It's the first game of the, quote, rebuild, retool, however the hell you want to spin it, which is just semantics. They were tearing the team down. They were trading established players for prospects and picks. That's a rebuild. You can call it a retool, whatever. When you have guys like Huberto and and Kadri under contract, that's fine because they're not going anywhere unless you can find a suitor for I think them people just think rebuild. It's like, oh, we're going to suck for five years. Well, yeah, I think the f- rebuild means that you have a roster like the Blackhawks right. where it's littered with Again, guys that don't belong sure. in the Semantics, NHL. right? Like the yeah. Sabres are trying to be a playoff team. So what are they doing? Rebuilding for still, retooling, whatever they're doing. Man. But tonight's the night if you're a Flames fan. This is what you wanted. This is your playoff run right now. Not every Flames fan. No, not every Flames fan. And you've been a, a staunch supporter of, good Lord, I don't want to watch bad hockey in Calgary for the next three or four years. No. That the, the, Just the thought of that makes you sick to your stomach going, mm. we got to watch. When we, when we go to the Dome, you see the Sharks in town or the Ducks <laughs> or the Blackhawks. You're like, good Lord. Imagine watching this night in, night out and just talking about it. See, even your face right now is like, ooh. But tonight is night one of what so many of our fans on the text line texting into this radio station, if you're not blocked, can say, hey, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what this is my Stanley Cup now, a rebuild. You just traded away your team's number one center. Tonight's the first night of the Conroy plan. I don't know. I'm sure it's got a more snappier name we can come up with. Yeah, like mm-hmm. some sort of operation, something like that. Like yeah. we're some sort of high-ranking military organization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Conroy Confidential, but that makes no sense because mm. he's trying to rebuild. Yeah, and the Conroy be, Construction. It's not bad. We'll workshop the Conroy it. Reconstruction. We'll, we'll work. We'll work. I don't know why it. my voice is raising you're when getting, I say that. You're getting very excited about yeah. naming the title for this. But again, tonight's the night, and I think that's something a lot of Flames fans haven't grasped that tonight's the first night of this retool rebuild. Enjoy it. You're going to play one of the best teams in the NHL on the road in Boston. Could get ugly tonight. Some of these games the rest of the season could get ugly. If you if you if you subtract Tanev, if you subtract Lint, uh, you already started to Lindholm, Hannafin, Markstrom, some of these games could get super ugly for the Calgary Flames. Strap in. This is what you wanted. This is what you got. This yep. is what you're going to have. And, Enjoy it starting tonight. And this is kind of what I talked about like for a lot of the season, right? Like even if the Flames continue to be bad this year, you know, they'll they'll pick between 5 and 15 most likely, probably closer to 15 than 5. Um just given how everything's going around them, but as you start to strip things away, you never know. If you want to maybe talk to me about like a full-blown rebuild try and get first overall over the next couple of years, yeah, perhaps they'd have to make some decisions to Point them in that direction as well, but hey, right now this is this is kind of what you got. We've talked about it a lot over the course of the year. Craig Conroy had a pretty clear plan for how he wanted to go about his things, um, and he's kind of executed it at every point the way that we expected. Tyler Toffoli didn't want to be here, wasn't going to get re-signed, traded away. Nikita Zadorov asked to leave, wasn't going to re-sign. Couldn't trade him away fast enough. Sure. Gonzo, see ya. Elias Lindholm wasn't going to re-sign. The dollars didn't make sense. 
Team came calling, made the deal. Now there's a few things that are left to do here. Right. And they've they've had young players playing at every turn this season. It's it's kind of been exactly what Conroy kind of said it was going to be. Um the whole Lindholm thing, and I'm glad you just brought it up, and this is something we can talk about talk to the franchise about coming up. I'm glad you brought up the Lindholm thing. Because people that's the crutch I have noticed that people lean on right away here. Nobody wants to sign here, it's Calgary, blah, 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 blah. Lindholm would have stayed if they would have paid him the money. He would have signed that deal. Mm-hmm. If if he would have got the nine by eight, seventy-two million dollars, bam, Bob's your uncle. I'm signing that contract. I'm staying in Calgary long term. I got the money I wanted. I think that maybe we're not talking enough about that in this city that, oh, great, we traded Lindo. No, the, the, the talk that he didn't want to be here, didn't want to pay him that money that he wanted, which yeah. is fine. And if he can go get it at the, at the open market with the salary cap going out and apparently the Bruins are super horny to acquire him, which is fine. But I think that that narrative, is, is, it ta- that narrative takes a shot here when it comes to Elias Lindholm. He would have stayed if they would have paid him. Point blank. Seems he like it. To deal it. Seems yeah. like it. Like, what are you hearing from Lindholm? Is that like, oh, I, I wanted to be here? I were, No, he had, his, him and his agent said, here's the money I want. If you, if you reach, if you sign what I want, boom, I'm here. If not, trade me, mm-hmm. which is fair, which is totally fair by the player. But the narrative that nobody wants to stay here, no, Lindholm would have stayed because okay. the organization didn't want to give him that But deal. how much of that is the agent and player saying, we're asking this much because we know the Flames aren't going to answer? and get to that point, and as a result, force their hand to make a deal. What if the agent understood that they were going to try, that they were going to put the value so high that the Flames' hands were essentially tied? And it was like, hey, if they want to overpay you and you can make X amount more money than even we feel you're valued at as the player and the agent, well, then why wouldn't you stay in Calgary and take the extra bag? But here's the deal. You don't necessarily want to do that. You haven't liked how things have been going lately. This year has been very difficult on you, both on the ice by all accounts and and just trying to go through this process of being a UFA and, and kind of heading towards being traded. I wonder if that was kind of part of the process was rather than let's ask for a trade and force our way out and kind of foil a relationship. Why don't we just put our value up and get to a point where the flames might even be able to hit because that's, I could see that being something very sure. true as well. And then like, this will be true if he gets to the open market and he ends up signing him for like eight or eight, five, right? then that'll be kind of exactly what we thought. Because then all of a sudden, okay, the money wasn't exactly all that it was made out to be at the time. So that's kind of how I look at it right now. But it's also Hannafin, right? Because what did we hear heading into into this season? He wants to beat American. He wants to play in the United States. But then you hear that him and the Flames flirting on a new contract extension because he wants to get paid. Again... Uh, it, it hurts that narrative that nobody wants to sign here. Again, I don't really buy into that narrative because it goes back to what I've said many times. If you're a team that's going to contend for the Stanley Cup, players want to play here. The Flames clearly aren't in a window to contend for a Stanley Cup. But again, Lindholm and Hannafin, potentially, if you gave them the money they wanted, they could have potentially stayed here with the Calgary Flames long term. I'm just saying, hurts that narrative. By the way, our text line's blowing up. Oh, on what the Conroy plan is. There's like a million text messages now oh, that I didn't even throw it out there that now we have to do at 8.30. What is the Conroy plan supposed to be called? 960-960, name and location. We'll do it at 8.30 because you have caught with a lot of good ones coming up here. Keep them flying in. All of a sudden, I look at the text line. It's exploded with Conroy-isms on what this plan is called. Obviously, the one that's really famous in Toronto, the Shanna plan, which has just been stinky the whole time. It's not a good plan. No, it hasn't. 
The Shannon plan? Not so much. What's the Something Conroy stinks. thing? What should be the Conroy thing? 960, 960, name and location. I've come up with a, uh, just a quick working title off the top of my head, which isn't very good. The Conroy construction or reconstruction? That's not very good. I can do better than that if I really if I put my nose to the grindstone and really think about it. But you have some uh, great ones coming in. Yeah, there's some really good ones coming in here. Some rhymes. They're not all alliterations. Look at this. You guys are doing a great job. This is uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. I also have uh, my front page story done for uh, oh, our two boys. It's about damn time. So I can do those at 8.30. Hey, listen. Listen. I'm not just going to cobble this thing together willy-nilly. Just no thought put into it whatsoever. I'm going to put a little work. Yep. I, I sat down yesterday. I canvassed some of our colleagues. And uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty happy with what I've put together. But yeah, you don't just you know Rome wasn't built in a day, George. My yep. goodness, uh, the Conroy configuration. Price, Ooh, that's not bad. That's yeah, not bad. Keep them going, like mm-hmm. Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, nothing ever bad happens on Craigslist. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing. Nine sixty nine sixty. Anytime I'm looking for a friend. Name and location. Missed connection. Um, give Con- us what the, Conroy the- redeploy is pretty good. Okay, we'll save them for 8.30. Keep them rolling in. 9.60, name and location. Let's dust off Texty McTexterson. Sure. We got to get more Texty going. Yeah, because I, well, th- I think that we have Maddie left him by there. the wayside. After you left yesterday, Matty had a nice We need thing. more Texty McTexterson in our lives. We need more I text miss engagement. him. I miss him, and I want him back. Okay. Well, we'll do it today. Just because we don't have anything to give away, we've kind of abandoned the text line well, a but, bit. But we've been busy with stuff. No, we haven't been busy. We've been busy the last week. We haven't done it since Listen, the calendar turned. I'm still recovering from the Lindholm trade oh. show. Okay, <laughs> just that's enough out of you. It was a lot. Settle down. <laughs> All right, nine sixty, nine sixty. What's the Conroy playing called? Keep them rolling in. Connie's con? No, that's not. That's not a good one. Right, Craigslist really looks ratchet. Hey, <laughs> yeah, this thing. Is, this is it. an old. Everyone loves Craigslist. This is an old this website. Still look really like, bad. Look, look, look how many text messages are flying in here. Nine sixty, nine sixty. Name and location. We'll do these at eight thirty. Maddie still owes a myfrontpagestory.com for our locks of the day bet. So we'll I do that both. at eight thirty. I hope, and we'll get some sappy music behind it. We'll talk to Eric Francis in Boston next. And we'll talk to Greg Wyshynski, ESPN NHL senior writer. Should his New Jersey Devils trade for Jacob Markstrom? We'll ask him that coming up at 8 o'clock. That's a good one. Yep. All right. And what would they give up? What would they give up for Jacob Markstrom and Chris Tanev? Let's do it. All right. We'll do all of that next. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan at the top of the hour. ESPN, NHL senior writer, Greg Wyshynski will join us. Um, it just, I like when things happen organically on our show. Mm. Um, and you've been flooding our text line at 960, 960, name and location. We'll do those at 830 coming up. What's the Conroy plan called? What should it be called? Because there's the Shanna plan in Toronto that was called. There's, I'm sure there's been so many other ones. Rebuilds, whatever they call it. But what, what should it be called in Calgary here? The Conroy what? 960, 960, name and location. Our next guest. The Conploy. Okay. Keep them rolling in. 960, 960, name and location. Mm-hmm. Was that you? Not your best yeah, work. I, well, sorry. Gosh. Not your best work. I was busy. I was okay. Busy. Trying to create beautiful radio. Our next, there's <laughs> our, a lot of con ploys on here. Okay, 
Our next guest is uh, covers the Flames for Sportsnet. He is in Boston on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Mr. Eric Francis. Hello, pal. How are you? I'm excellent. That reminds me when they were trying to name the Sky Dome. They had a contest way back when. Yep. And they were, a lot of people wanted it to be called the Condome because they figured it was like a con job. The whole thing right. was a con job and, mm-hmm. you know, yep. it was overrun with con. Anyway, I'm sure someone's going to come up with the con. Yeah, the con job you know, for Conroy, but Hey, mm. it's so far so good. Right. Yeah. I think that um, was pretty, I don't think anyone, I haven't been in Calgary. I've been away for, well, during the trade and everything. And then I got home for 12 hours and now I'm in Boston. So I haven't really heard what the local reaction is, but I'm assuming most people are pretty uh, upbeat on the trade. Yeah. Again, I think it's, uh, I think it's the return that people got that were super excited about. Cause you got a roster player, you got a prospect and you got a couple picks and one is, potentially a conditional pick that could turn into a, a nicer piece. I just wanted to ask you, uh, franchise, what about the timing? Were you just caught off guard on how early this whole thing was done? Well, yeah. I mean, I I just finished my 36th hole of the day. I mean, I thought the timing was, was rude, quite <sighs> frankly. I was, we were just heading into the clubhouse yeah. down in Cabo, and, uh, oh, and then first, the news broke. Poor Eric. Anyway, I'm, I'm just joking. Hey, yeah. uh Got a little, t- yeah. a little tiny violin here for you if you want it. Yeah, yeah I know. Nobody cares. Uh, my my first question for Con, I called Conroy right away. And my first question was, I'm curious about the timing. Like, why did this happen now? And I, you know, in my column, and I'm sure with others, he explained why. I mean, the Canucks were just very aggressive on the timing of it all. And he thought it was too good to, to pass up. You know, listen, when, when people break down the, the trade, you know, Conroy made it very clear. Uh, to me and so many other, you know, to, to all the teams, I guess, I want a first-rounder. I want a roster player. And when they say roster player, I, I generally think teams are asking for someone in the top nine, you know. Instead, they got, you know, a top a top line player in Kuzmenko, you know, obviously with baggage and some issues going on with the, with the coach and all that. But uh, And then he wanted a, a prospect. He got two prospects, two draft picks, and – the player that they got was, of course, a lot better than a top nine player. So I, I just think it was a home run. He had no choice but to accept it. I also see from the other side why the Canucks, what they did. And uh, and I think it's a, I think they'll be pretty happy with this if they have a good playoff run this year. What did you make of the timing of it as well? Like we're still a little ways out of the deadline. It'll give them a little bit of an opportunity to look at some other things. And, and also, do you think this could be it between the Flames and the Canucks? Uh. Oh God, who knows? Now that the pipeline's been open, we know that they still want Tanev, so there could be more uh, between. Like I really, know, three Vancouver. trades? Really, three? Tanev, I mean, I can't. Tanev for Zadorov really plus. See it happening. Well, you want you want Zadorov back for Tanev? No, I just think that's how you make the money work. <laughs> I think that's the only thing yeah. that they had to give away. It's funny. I I don't know who the trades are going to be with, but you know, there's going to be at least one more big one, and uh, I love you know. Uh, there were uh, a lot of people who thought that maybe Tanev was going to be thrown into this deal. And I love the fact that Conroy said all along, look, I'm not throwing anybody in. These are three. If he's going to make the, you know, the three trades with the three, the three UFAs, these are three separate deals. That's where he, that's the way you get the most. And he's always said that. And he always, he's going to stand by that. And so those will be standalone deals. Uh, and, and they'll, I would assume that they'll, you know, I'm going to see Conroy today. And, you know, one of my, 
first question is, is has your ask changed hmm. for those guys? Like, is it getting, are, are you beefing it up or do you, ha- are you going to have to soon pare it down? I mean, these are, you have to see how the market goes. And again, as for the timing, that's, that's why that first one was made. And, uh, you know, I do think that a very strong argument that you should make that trade sooner rather than later. Just, just, you know, rip the bandaid off, make the trade or trades and don't risk getting an injury. Right. I mean, these games, I don't want to say these games are meaningless, but you know, in terms of the players that they may want to trade, all you're doing is risking harm and getting zero in return. So I would just, I would suggest that uh, they would move sooner rather than later. Um, Franchise, we, we talked about it before he jumped on, and we, we know the narrative in Calgary that nobody wants to stay here, but correct me if I'm wrong, if the Flames are willing to meet his price, which was, we think, what, nine years at uh, eight years at nine million per, he potentially would have stayed in Calgary, right? Yeah, he was he was open to it, but I don't think he was thrilled about it. <laughs> I think it was like, if the money's right, it, it'll be worth my while to stay here. Um, I'm not suggesting that Lindholm wasn't happy here. I just I don't think that the Flames felt there was a whole lot of enthusiasm, and I can tell you that the way that negotiations were handled, it was a straight up. Here's a number. If you want to meet it, then we can talk. If you can't meet it, then then beat it, basically. So uh, that's the way that Newport you know operates in a lot of cases, and that's apparently the way it happened here too. So uh, you know, here's the number. Uh, you have our phone number, so give us a call if it can be reached. So. Conroy, Conroy said that it was extremely early in the year that he knew that they weren't going to you know, bridge that gap, nor did they want to bridge that gap. And I think most Flames fans, I guarantee most Flames fans, especially after seeing the season that Lindholm just had in Calgary, I don't think there's a human being alive in Calgary who thinks that he's worth $9 million a year. Yet, his departure leaves a massive gap. You know, He was the only, in my recollection, he's the only guy in 30 years who's been a legitimate top line center and there are even people who argue and say that he, he really isn't he's a he's a he's like a 1b uh either way it's going to be uh, really tough to replace that and uh boy oh boy is it going to be fascinating to see how who they start with tonight in sharon govich like i when i saw the lines yesterday that's exactly what i thought they were going to have to do because they don't really have a lot of choices if they don't want to break up the second and third line and then there you have it sharon govich in the middle I mean, who's going to play defense? I, I I literally am fascinated to see how this team can fare with a guy who's ne- not been a center much in his career playing up the middle and three guys who have a very, very long reputation of not being very good defensively. Like this, this experiment I don't think will last, but it's going to be fantastic to watch. Excuse me. A uh, couple of uh, UFAs now have been dealt. They still have two more, and I think a lot of us had predicted that you know they were going to have to retain some salary at some point in some of these deals. But two deals made, and they still have all three retention spots. What do you make of that? Yeah, another win. You know, another win for Conroy on that on that front. Uh, so if 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 indeed Tanev and Hannafin are both moved, you can retain as much as you want. Well, up to the fifty percent. And uh, and that's not going to be an issue at all. And, and further, you know, if Markstrom's in play or Vladar or whoever, whichever goalie they decide to eventually move on, either by the trade deadline or this summer, uh, retention is a possibility. So that's just another uh, another bullet in the chamber that they can use. Yeah, that's that's obviously another win for the Flames. 
Well, would that potential retention bullet in the chamber involved, oh, I don't know, a goaltender who's having a really good season and has two years left at $6 million? Yeah, well, like I alluded to, I you know, they, they are going to have to move a goalie. There's zero question by the summer. I don't think there's any rush to move them by the trade deadline. Um, if they want to, that's great. And I know everybody in the city would be thrilled that Dustin Wolf would get his start earlier rather than later. Uh, and I get that. Uh, but I don't think that you want to rush that. If if nobody can come up with the sort of return you want for a, ma- a major asset like Markstrom, then you wait till the summer when, when teams can come up with the, the sort of package the Flames are looking for. You know, teams that have blown their playoffs because they didn't have goaltending and finally realized, man, we are we need a stud goalie to make this happen. And uh, and, and that's when I think that those sort, that sort of trade will probably be consummated. But I, I guess I shouldn't discount the possibility that by the trade deadline, one of these guys is gone. You look, the obvious guy to move is Vladar, but but I think he's making two point two million dollars a year. That's that's a lot of money for other teams to fit in for a guy who's not a starter. So and and the fact that I, and I don't think a lot of teams are looking for a backup right now. So I, I, I that'll be the most fast. That to me is more fascinating. You know what they do with the goaltending between now and next fall. That's more fascinating than what they do with the next two UFAs that may potentially be traded. Any chance you want to recklessly throw at some teams that you think uh, might be good trade partners for the Flames with Tanev or Hannafin? Well, we know the usual suspects. You know, we know the Vancouver's and the Toronto's both are interested, but I don't think they have the assets um, to make that deal. Like you know, the Leafs. You know, the asking price for Tanev at, the, at a minimum would be a second rounder, and the Leafs don't have one until 2027. Uh, so the Flames would say, well, okay, well, then make it a first. <laughs> and I don't know if I, that to me is another fascinating one. Is Tanev worth a first? Like, I didn't think so, but then I saw Sean Monaghan traded for a first, um, and that blew my socks off. So, you know, teams desperate and think that they're missing something significant, maybe offering something like that. Uh, in terms of going around the league and looking at teams, no, I haven't. I've been in holiday, holiday mode for the last week. I haven't really narrowed it down, but I, I know that, you know, Jersey be the perfect fit for a goaltender, obviously. Uh, and then there's a ton of teams. I would say over a dozen teams that would kill to have a defenseman of either Tanev or Hannafin's ilk. So I know the phone's ringing off the hook for Conroy. Eric Flan, uh, Eric Fran, <laughs> Eric Francis, <laughs> Eric <laughs> Flanders, Flan. Your thoughts on Flan franchise? Yay or nay? I enjoy it. Yeah, I love it. Love okay. the flan. Flan, I think it's underrated. Hmm. It's really delicious when wow. there's some nice fresh fruit on top okay, of it. Wow. Uh, Eric Francis <laughs> live from Boston uh, ahead of the Flames and Bruins tonight on the Alice Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline. Um, how excited uh, or how horny were the Bruins for Elias Lindholm? Oh, yeah, but I, I and I, I still think that in the summer that's going to be a, like that just seems like it's been inevitable for like a year and a half. And I do think in the summer, that's that's my best guess on where he'll end up. But again, they've depleted their assets so much over the years in trying to make these runs, especially last year, that they you know they don't really have the goods. I don't think to make the trade. Um, uh, nor did, you know were they going to be able to shoehorn his cap hit in there. I mean, I guess the Flames were going to pay for half of it. And you could have made it work that way, but I they just they have. In the summer, I think they could make it happen. Now, I just don't think they could have. But, yeah, that would have been the perfect fit. And the whole hockey world saw it from the day that Bergeron retired. So, uh, he's Bergeron light. I don't think that's uh, an inappropriate way to describe him and his game. 
And I think at some point soon, the Boston Bruins, like, you know, in the summer, I won't be surprised if they have a press conference announce that they have a second Lindholm on their team. Uh, we talked about Kuzmenko um, before he jumped on. And to me, uh, he's here for a good time, not a long time, potentially franchise. Uh, I think he's a guy that uh, it would be good for everyone if he kind of reverts back to his uh, form of scoring 39 goals like he did last season, being a threat on the power play, and not the guy who spent five uh, games eating popcorn in the press box uh, under Rick Tockett in Vancouver. I feel like he's a guy that the Flames want uh, to eventually ship out of here. Uh, he's the guy they took back in the deal, and maybe they can get something nice for him. Or worst-case scenario, which is the scenario kind of Matty that, that painted, that maybe he does stay here if he's a guy that's been uh, pretty good and find some chemistry with Lindholm and Sharon Govich uh, right here, right off the hop. What do you think the plan, long-term plan is for Kuzmenko here? I don't think anybody knows, and I think that both sides go in uh, you know, being open-minded. I, I, you know, obviously Kuzmenko had Calgary on his no trade list. And so it wasn't something that was necessarily desirable to him or probably his agent uh, who came up with the list. Um, but when they talked to the flames and it was clear that, you know, it was going to be a much better scenario than the one in Vancouver. He's like, okay, well, let's do it then. I, when I first saw the trade, I thought exactly the same thing as you, George, like, okay, he won't be here long but it'll be the gift that keeps on giving. This trade will be the gift that keeps on giving because at the trade deadline next year, they'll trade Kuzmenko and they'll get even more uh, back for Lindholm in the long haul. And if, if Kuzmenko lights it up, then that return will be significant. If, the, if, the, if he doesn't light it up, then the return will be minimal, but it'll still be you know, an additional return. I, I really do believe that you know if he lights it up here that he would strongly consider staying now again the calgary flames would then have to see a year from now if that fits into the the con plan or whatever you guys end up calling it by the end of today you know i mean because i do think this is a very fluid situation you know i keep calling it a retool um and that's that's what it's going to be but you know how extensive is the retool and where do they feel they're at in a year from now so it's it's very much wait and see i don't think anybody's thinking he's going to go out and buy a house in Calgary anytime soon. And, and nor do I think that he's coming here going, well, I will, I'm only going to be here a year and a half or, or for a year. Sorry. So, um, you know, I'll act accordingly. This guy, the best thing for him is to go out there, play great hockey, get back to scoring goals, and then he'll have a lot of control on the situation. And that's exactly what every player wants. Did you get to meet Braden Pahal? I got here late last night. <clears throat> I missed the practice, so I uh, I did not get to meet him, no. What do you see perhaps the role being? Did see that he was on a pair with Oliver Shillington yesterday. I did see that. Yes, I did. And uh, that's intriguing. And I, I think it's great that they're going to put him right in and see what they've got in this kid. And, uh, you know, hey, I think a lot of people in Calgary like Dennis Gilbert and like to see him in the lineup. Osterley's here, too. So they've got they've got options. But I think it's good that they pick this guy up. They're going to play him and uh, and see what he's all about because I think he's got, you know, the raw tools. He's got the size. He's, you know, it sounds like he could be an everyday NHLer. Just hasn't been given the chance on a very deep blue line in, in Vegas. And, uh, boy, would that be a, a real nice pickup if that was the case here. So uh, we'll start, you know, we'll see that starting tonight, I think. How about the uh, return back for Jacob Peltier and Kevin Rooney? Something we've talked about for a little while here, but looks like uh, one, if not both, could make their debut. 
I think it's great. You know, I mean, everybody loves Pelche in that dressing room. Uh, he brings that infectious enthusiasm. It's been a long road. You know, I, he told me a great story uh, last week. You know, the, it, like when he returned to the locker room, he has that massive scar. And, and Andrew Mangiapane saw it. He's got the same one. Chris Tanev's got the same one. I mean, most hockey players of a certain age have that massive scar on their shoulder from that significant surgery. Mangiapane said to me, man, it gives me PTSD just looking at that scar and thinking about four months of rehab and hell. And all those guys will tell you that that first hit back is terrifying. They're, they're, you're, you think you're ready, you think you're strong enough, but you never know until you take that first hit in the show. And he told me a great story about in practice, he got smoked by Chris Rooney of all people. The two guys who both had surgery within the same week and they both got up. They didn't see each other. They ran into each other at Wrangler's practice. They both got up, looked at each other. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. You okay? You okay? Yeah. And they started to laugh and they feel like they got that first hit out of the way already. Uh, but you you know that even tonight in the big leagues, you know, he's going to be wanting to get that first hit out of the way at some point. And so we're going to, you know, I have no doubt we're going to see it tonight. And, uh, Listen, when, when I look at that first line and I talk about how I don't think it's going to work, um, you know, if, you, if you're not going to break up the second and third lines, then I think Pelche is kind of one of your only options on the fourth line to be, get moved up at some point to the first line. Nobody thinks he's a first liner in the organization, but in spot duty, maybe he deserves that chance. Uh, we'll see. It'll be a while before that sort of assignment comes his way, but I think everyone is excited to see where he settles in on that lineup. Well, it might be fun, though, right? <laughs> Watching that top line. Could be a lot of fun. Could be a lot of boomer bust. And if you're Jonathan Huberto, if you're Ryan Huska, go out there and be Jonathan Huberto, right? This You're playing with two guys who are shooters. Like, what have we been saying the whole time? Well, he needs to play guys who can shoot the puck. Now he's playing with two guys who can shoot the puck franchise. Absolutely. And if they win every game 10-9, that's great. Like, I love those That'd be fun. Those are outstanding. And And, hey, there's a lot of people who say, well, that's why they've got so – the Flames have a great defensive group. Like, say what you will about this team and where they are in the standings and, and, and in their evolution, but the strength of this team still is its blue line. I, I, I'd argue that their top four is, you know, top top you know ten in the league for sure. Um, and then add Shillington, that's a pretty nice add once he gets up to full speed. Um, so maybe the defense and the, the, the outstanding goaltending they've been getting can, can sustain – uh, the defensive lapses those guys are prone to. Uh, but but the way this coach wants his team to play, I have a hard time believing he's going to tolerate, um, you know, a lack of defensive awareness. And that was the issue for Kuzmenko largely in Vancouver. And I think it's pretty clear that it's been, you know, it's just not the style of, of hey, listen, I always used to say this about Brett Hall. If you score 70 goals in the National Hockey League, you shouldn't have to come past center ice and into your own zone. That's the way I look at it. Um, if those guys are producing, then you know, then and outscoring their their defensive lapses, then I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with it. It could be a lot of fun, like you said. Coronado was at the All Star game yesterday for the AHL. Was at the Pacific Division as they won. Uh, what happens next for Matt Coronado? Well, if they need a fighter, they might want to call Coronado <laughs> up. Uh-huh. You guys, you guys saw the tilt. Yeah, I got uh, Brant Clark leaking pretty good. I got to tell you, like. I, I'm, I'm interested to ask him if that's the first fight he's ever been in because usually kids who come through the U.S. college ranks, uh, you know, unless he may have dropped the gloves in the USHL, which I doubt, 
Um, I'm interested if that was his first fight because the kid handled himself pretty well. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, that's another guy. You talk about a guy who could fit in on that first line. I mean, that ulti- ultimately they're hoping he'll be their guy, you know, next year or later this year. <clears throat> but they just want him to keep developing down there. I guess they haven't seen enough from him up here to believe that he's over that hump. Um, but but it's a nice thing to have in the AHL developing, um, kind of like Wolf, right? I mean, those are two guys that everybody's really excited to see up here eventually when the time is right. And obviously the organization just doesn't feel the time is right just yet. Got to ask you as well, uh, just uh, maybe a thought on uh... – the legend himself, Lanny McDonald, yesterday announcing that uh, had a cardiac event returning from the All Star. Just uh, perhaps a thought there, Eric. Yeah, um, you know, heard about it, and uh, just thankful that we got the news. You know, it's a good news story, right? That mm. that uh, that there were so many people who stepped up and helped him out, and uh, listen, Lanny steps up and helps out all the time, like literally on an hourly basis. That's what he does. And so it's uh, it's great that that you know this this ended well with him recovering and you know Lanny's seventy years old and he just continues to be uh, what we call him the legend. I mean that's what he is. He's the yeah. legend. I've never met a classier human being in my life. Um, I've said this before. I, I had a, a day golfing with Sheldon Kennedy and Lanny McDonald, and I felt like I was I was amongst royalty. Like I, I would say that amongst great Canadians. I'm putting them near the top of the list. Uh, these guys do so much for our community. Uh, they're just great personalities as well. And um, anyway, I'm, I'm glad that he's okay. Um, I'm sure it won't be long until we see him at the rink. And I got to tell you, like Lanny, people, the things Lanny does, most people don't have, a, they don't know about, uh, but he's tight with a lot of the players on this roster. And he sends the messages of encouragement and advice and uh, that means a lot to these young guys, especially on a young mm. team like this. And when he comes on those client trips, which I've seen him on a couple times this year, he acts as the ambassador, the dad's trip as well. You know, the dads think, I mean, think about every dad there thinks that he's the coolest guy in the world and thinks, you know, oh my God, I'm uh, Scott Zary was saying, oh my God, I can't believe I'm having a beer with Lanny McDonald. Like this is the greatest day of my life. Um, so anyway, everyone loves Lanny. And uh, we all send our love and, and best wishes as he recovers. And I'm just so, so happy that the news we got on Instagram yesterday was, you know, of a positive ilk because that that's a scary situation. That's very well said. Now I can't transition to what's irking Eric. I think we're going to leave it there because that was a very nice response go. to that. There you go. Yeah, good call. We won't uh, we won't irk anybody today. I won't, all right. I won't be irked. Next time. Uh, enjoy Boston, pal. <laughs> I'll have twice as many irks next week, boys. All right, good. Looking forward to it. There he is uh, on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline, Mr. Eric Francis, live in Boston ahead of the Bruins and Flames tonight. We'll have it for you live right here on Sportsnet 960. Puck drop just after 5. Straight ahead, ESPN NHL senior writer Greg Wyshynski will join us. Uh, Are the Devils, are they calling Craig Conroy? And uh, it... Text message is getting flooded right now. What what should be this plan that Craig Conroy is doing right now for this rebuild, retool, whatever the hell you want to call it? What should it be called? The Conroy Construction is just a working title that isn't very good, and I'm sure you can be a lot more clever than that. We'll play those at 8.30. And Maddie's uh, has a nice little letter written to GVP and uh, Patrick. We'll do that at 8.32. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.